Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. All right, 49ers fans, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, John Chapman, and I just wanted to get a quick episode out today. Uh, We're going to continue breaking down the Monday Night Football uh, heartbreaking loss, but uh, here's the thing. You all woke up. (laughs) You're all still here. We finally lose a game in the 2019-2020 season, and we're okay. (laughs) We are okay. Uh, Now, there's a lot of good news. There's a lot of bad news. There's a lot of all kinds of stuff that's out there. You know, we have a lot of injury updates, good and bad. We're going to cover those. We're going to go over the offensive production, which was uh, it was not good at all. Um, they have not released the coaching film yet. I'm expecting to have that tomorrow. So uh, for the Patreon members that are waiting on that breakdown, as soon as it's released by the NFL, it's going to be uh, I'll get it out to you guys as soon as possible. Probably going to be tomorrow evening, however. So um, without further ado, let's just jump into kind of the big uh, news pieces, and that's injuries, and there are a plenty. We have some good, we have some okay news, and we've got some really bad. So let's start with the bad. Um, yeah, Ronald Blair coming off of his best season as a pro, tears his ACL. Um, he is done for the season he has done, and it was done on such a huge play, you know, Gave his team a chance, uh, forcing a third and short. It had open field, one-on-one, our defensive end, Ronald Blair, against Russell Wilson. He sprints out laterally, just absolutely textbook uh, cut, uh, open field play and is able to bring Russell Wilson down, which is no easy task, uh, to force a uh, you know, third down. So uh, he gets injured. Now, here's the issue. Um, the 49ers are not happy with what they have back there. You know, there's three defensive edge players, um, obviously Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, and then D. Ford. But Ronald Blair was that fourth guy, and it does seem like they are not happy playing Solomon Thomas on the edge, thank God. Um, and so what they're going to do is they're going to hold a workout for edge players. They're flying in a handful of different edge players. One of the names that was leaked to the media was Demontre Moore, the huge preseason training camp standout, led the entire NFL through preseason and sacks, pressures, hurries, all of those. Uh, it seems like a perfect fit. I, I'm very, very surprised that he is still out there, but uh, hopefully we bring him in. A couple other guys as well, but uh, I'll keep you updated on those. Now, some perhaps lesser-known injuries. Probably the next biggest injury is Joe Staley, who played through a uh, fractured, broken f- uh, finger, and there's some ligament damage in there, and it could need surgery. And if that's the case, he's going to be out a couple more weeks. Um 
Still waiting to hear a second opinion back on that, but it is quite possible. You know, Staley coming off just an awful game, got destroyed by JV and Clowney. We're going to talk a little bit about the numbers and the metrics that go along with that, but um, he is injured, so that that is, is key. Now, it's crazy because the offensive tackle position was our weakest position in <laughs> coming into the season. We had no depth behind our starters. And then lo and behold, both starters go down and the two players respond very, very well. So uh, we'll have to see what happens there, but just in school or Brunskill, either one of those two players could step in at left tackle. Personally, I would prefer to keep school out there, but he was inactive. So it seems like the coaching staff would prefer Brunskill. So we will just have to see what happens. But if Staley is out for an extended period of time, um, they would activate Justin School for sure, and Brunskill or School would be starting at that left tackle position. So that's out there. Now, Emmanuel Sanders, who is a big one, he had a rib cartilage issue, and it was weird because it was non-contact. He was just making a, sh- a simple cut route in the open field, and you just see him grabbing immediately and kind of shirking pain. So that's day-to-day. It does seem like he's going to be a game-time decision. Now, it's a short week because we played Monday night super late, um, <laughs> 83 offensive snaps, which is a lot. That's a lot. And so this was a very long game. It's going to take a huge toll on every single player's body on both sides. But they're day-to-day. We play on Sunday, so we only have a six-day turnaround instead of the normal seven. That one day does matter, especially whenever you're recovering from an injury. But I, my guess is now um, Emmanuel Sanders probably going to play. We will have to see. The rib issue, that's a pain tolerance issue. Can he get in and out of breaks without it acting up? What's going to happen if he runs a slant route on the offensive right side and takes a helmet to the ribs? How's that going to respond? We'll have to wait and see. But Emmanuel Sanders, very, very important that we get him back out there. DJ Jones, he had a groin injury. And this was huge because DJ Jones is coming off back-to-back great games. And then we replace him with Sheldon Day, who, again... Uh, you know, I don't know why he's getting the snaps that he is getting. Um, you know, Solomon Thomas got to increase workload as well, but my assumption is you're going to have to activate, or not activate, just make active on the game day roster. He is activated on the 53. Julian Taylor, I want to see that guy out there. Been waiting to see that guy out there. Um, he's got to play in one game, basically about six snaps, and made a huge impact, so hopefully he gets out there. Western Richburg, his hand, he is day-to-day. They do not expect him to miss any more time, so that's great news. Um, Aziz Al-Shahar, he has a concussion. He will enter into the concussion protocol. He did not have a great start. He didn't play very many snaps at all. Um, but Elijah Lee, who was brought up, he got some snaps out there. Um, Mark Nazocha, who they everybody thought was going to be the next guy, they put Elijah Lee out there. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. And then stop me if you heard this before, Matt Breida's ankle, um, he's got another ankle issue. So it's just the same old story, uh, same timetable, day-to-day, pain tolerance. We'll see how he goes with all that stuff. So uh, that's where it is. And then after the game and today, we got a couple more updates on some existing players' injury. First off, and probably most important to the team, George Kittle. He is still day-to-day. Kyle Shanahan said he is very hopeful that he returns this week, but again, that is a knee and an ankle issue. We'll have to see what happens. You know, as we watch the game, you could see George Kittle up in the press box banging on the window, like just ready to go. Like you couldn't even have him on the field because you're trying to rest his leg, but the dude is banging on the window going crazy, cannot sit down just because uh, it was heart-wrenching to not be a part of that game. My guess is Kittle is playing this week. Uh, I really do believe that he's going to be out there. Uh, Kello Witherspoon, 
Kyle Shanahan did say, despite Emmanuel Mosley playing as great as he has been playing, um, Akello Witherspoon will get his starting job back as soon as, and this is interesting because he put a little caveat on this, as soon as he has three full healthy practices, the starting job is Witherspoon's. So, man, a lot of depth at that corner position, which is wonderful. Um, Emmanuel Mosley has played as well as anybody on this team, and that's saying a lot because the defense was so great. But uh, he is expected to return very, very soon. Uh, wouldn't be shocked if this is the week that Akello tries to get three full practices in, but um, I think that he will be activated at least. You know, he's on the 53-man roster, but he's been an inactive. At, and so I think this week against Arizona, I don't think we're going to see that, especially with the fact that um, in order to make all of the <laughs> personnel changes to activate Garrett Selleck last week, they had to cut Dante Johnson. So we are a corner short um, out there active. So we'll, I think that he's going to be active this week. He just might not start. Um, now, Kyle Shanahan did not necessarily bad news, but not good news. Jalen Hurd, who my personal choice as the answer to a lot of our problems. I'm a huge Jalen Hurd fan, have been since day one. Um, the first that he can come back is week 13 versus the Ravens. So he's still two weeks out. Uh, you look at our schedule and what's going on with the 49ers, we still have some time. So, and we're going to talk about the schedule updates that happened today with the NFL. But this week, we're playing the Arizona Cardinals. Then after that, it's we're home two more weeks. So we're at home against the Cardinals, then at home against the Packers. Then we travel to the Ravens and to the Saints. So you're talking about three of the toughest matchups of the entire NFL, Packers, Ravens, Saints, and two of those are on the road game. Uh, but we do have this Arizona Cardinals switched in there. And so the earliest that Jalen Hurd can return is week 13 versus the Ravens. So we st- he's still got time. It's just this is the three-week window where he can start practicing. Um, I, I'm hoping and expecting that he will return for week 13. Um, he got some work out on the field conditioning and running last week. I think they're just trying to see how his back's going and if it's tightened up, whatever else. But um, there is one more comment about Kyle Shanahan that he made about Dante Pettis. He was asked today. What, what do you think of Pettis? <laughs> um, is he going to continue seeing less and less work? And he did not hold back Kyle Shanahan. He said uh, the more he doesn't take advantage of his opportunities, the less and less opportunities he's going to get. Um, and so you know, with that, that's going to kind of uh, spring us into talking about exactly what's going on with offense and all that kind of stuff. But before we do that, um, let's hear exactly what kind of questions you guys have for us uh, right off the bat. Um, anything on Manuel Sanders, again, if you guys are just joining us, that's a rib issue day-to-day. Kittle, day-to-day as well. Robbie Gold, we haven't heard anything. That is a, He strained his quad, um, and it cost us. That was a huge injury because, you know, if you have one of the most accurate kickers in history go four for four, that's a victory. That's a W that we got. Yeah, I, I said previously, having Robbie Gold there makes up for two wins. We lost one of those wins because he was unhealthy, and that's part of having an older kicker. But, yeah, uh, hopefully we get Gold back. Now, I do not put the loss at all on McLaughlin. I thought he did great. If you would have told me, hey, you're going to get a 75% kick rate out of a rookie kicker that you signed two days before the game, I'd say done. Three for four, you'll take it. You're hoping for four for four. Obviously, every team in the NFL is. But um, definitely not too bad. I don't think that we lost the game because he because of the kicker. Um, so anyway, 
Um, we got two more playoff games. Yeah, there's there's a lot of big games coming up with this because we lost that game. You know, we we hold the one game lead, but yes, we have the best record in the NFL. That's great. But here is the main issue because we are playing at the Seattle Seahawks the last game of the season. Uh, theoretically, if the Seattle Seahawks win out, and so do we. If they beat us, um, we'll have to see what happens. It doesn't go to head-to-head. It goes to conference and all those different things, so we'll have to look into all those once we get closer. But uh, theoretically, the Seattle Seahawks control their own destiny for that number one seed or winning the NFC West. So uh, there's a lot. (laughs) How do I say this? Nobody expected the 49ers to go 16-0. and That that wasn't a healthy, realistic expectation. Uh, Most... People were saying nine and seven, eight and eight, maybe ten and six. Well, we're eight and one, and there's still some winnable games on this schedule for sure. You know, you look at you know, we have seven games left. The easiest games are at home for the Cardinals and at home for the Falcons, both very winnable games. Then after that, you have at home versus the Rams, which again, very winnable games. Then after that, it's tough. You look at the remaining four games, very, very tough. At home versus Packers, traveling to Baltimore for the Ravens, traveling to the Saints, and traveling to the Seattle Seahawks. Now, our schedule's getting pretty damn tough, but 8-1, and one, uh, we're going to beat some of these good teams. We are a good team. We're a great team. I still do believe we are definitely one of the top teams in the NFL. That game didn't say uh, anything despite that. Our defense, I truly do believe, is the best in the NFL, and I don't think it's close. Not even the Patriots after that. Um, so, anyway, um, what about all them drops? Yeah, wide receivers get paid to catch the ball. What the hell? I am with you, Fred. Uh, it was bad, bad, bad. And depending on what side in the NFL and all those things, drops are kind of subjective because if it hits you in the hands, is that a drop? If you get the ball knocked out of your hands on the sideline like Dante Pettis, is that a drop? Uh, Personally, if it hits you in both hands, that's a drop. That's just kind of the way I see it. And if that's your metric, there's nine drops. Now, if you want to go to the very conservative side, "Eh, that's kind of a difficult catch, maybe not. There were five drops. So it's between that five and nine. If that ball hits you in both hands, you catch the damn ball. Very, very simple. And nine, it's hard to win whenever you're you're turning the ball over so damn much and you're ruining drives uh, with drop passes. That's huge. Now, there is a couple things I want to talk about because I've been asked nonstop about guys like Des Bryant, Antonio Brown. Who do we bring in? So let's address these. Des Bryant is garbage, first off. Um, He is a career 55% catch rate. Which, if you're pissed off about drops and you're arguing for Des Bryant, you never watched Des Bryant play. Led the NFL in drops half of the time he was in the NFL. Um, then you want to talk about the locker room issues and horrible teammate and just horrible human. Um, you want to go back to whenever he first came into the draft or into the NFL with the issue with his mom. Um, you know, I, I'm from Dallas and he's. Kicked out of the mall in Dallas five times as a pro. Uh, It's not somebody that you want around young wide receivers you're trying to develop. And no, just no, just no. (laughs) I do not want Des Bryant at all. He posts videos showing work. Do not want that man anywhere around my team. Even if he was healthy, do not want. Now Antonio Brown. This is a different story. All the talent in the world is there. However, there are reports, and this this was put out by Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport. He's not ready to play. He is he 
uh, the NFL has requested information to be turned over by Antonio Brown in the two sexual assault cases uh, that are moving forward. He has refused to do so. He met with the league office, and they requested more information. He, again, has refused to do that. So even if you wanted to sign Antonio Brown and you did sign him right now, he's not eligible to play by the NFL because of all these things. He's on the exempt list. So... He's not an option right now. And again, if you want to know how much of an option he is not, the Seattle Seahawks wouldn't even take him. If you look at what the Seattle Seahawks have brought in, so many domestic uh, violence, domestic abuse, um, Frank Clark, uh, it just the list goes on and on. They don't care about anything. Pete Carroll has no moral compass whatsoever. And so you look at all the guys that they brought in, if they're saying no to this guy, that should tell you something right there. Now, I'm not trying to say that we should use them as a metric, but they the, the, the press release was this. It was down to Josh Gordon or Antonio Brown, and they exhausted all efforts in trying to find a way to get Antonio Brown in, and they could not. So it, that is not an option. I, I truly do believe the, the, the answer is Jalen Hurd, or at least the best answer we have. Outside of that, there's guys, uh, man, there's not really anybody. Jordan Matthews was picked up by the Eagles. He might not be on their roster right now, though. He might have been released, some people were saying on Twitter. But there's not a lot of options out there. People are released for a reason. We're outside of the trading deadline. We have what we have. Now, do we just say screw it? And a couple things that concerned me most about the wide receiver position was this. Marquise Goodwin didn't go back out there after the first series. We saw all those drops afterwards, and Kyle Shanahan said, hell no, this guy stays on the sideline. Kendrick Bourne kept dropping, kept dropping, kept dropping. Didn't matter. He still kept playing. Uh, he went out there on the field uh, right after all of his drops. He had 59 snaps. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's crazy whenever you look at it because Dante Pettis, he had 31. Manuel Sanders, 24 before he got hurt. Now, Debo Samuel led all wide receivers with 70. And yeah, Debo Samuel continues to have drops as well, but at least he is making plays. And I guess you could say that to a lesser extent for Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, he had two huge drops uh, that caused major problems and a huge penalty that end, ended a drive as well. So he, he stopped three drives by himself, Kendrick Bourne. But... He did make some plays. You know, he got the touchdown. Um, he, he had a great first half, all those things. But what do you do? Dante Pettis is doing absolutely nothing. You know, with his 31 snaps, he's doing nothing. He didn't even get a catch. Um, and then you keep going down. They didn't even put in. So it, everything's going awful for the wide receivers. They didn't even put in Richie James. He didn't even get a shot. So the message that is being sent out by this coaching staff to the wide receivers, it's rough. Uh, it, it's rough to say the least. Um, here we go. Did you read Shanny purposefully shut up our game, set up our game to be different? Uh, notice zero play action, minimum jet sweeps, few motions. Uh, we good. Yeah, it was very different play calling. Uh, we didn't take a lot of kind of trick plays or whatever to touch the to test the edge. And uh, I don't know how much of that was just Jadavian Clowney made us get rid of things, or if we just wanted to stay vanilla. Uh, we'll have to see what that looks like. Um, I thought tackles looked unhealthy. They got murdered. I thought this is good for us in the long run. Wanted to get your thoughts. Thank you, Raymond. Yeah, it, our tackles looked good, just not against Clowney. Uh, against everybody else, they did just fine. Just whoever Jadavian Clowney lined up against, he totally just murdered. Uh, and so we'll have to see what's happening. You know, we're tra or 
The Cardinals are coming to Santa Clara this week. And the week before, guess what? Chandler Jones had his way with our backup tackles. He did the same thing. Now, not near as extreme. That was a defensive player of the year type performance by Clowney. But Chandler Jones did the same thing against our backup tackles, both of them. Um, so how are our starting tackles, McGlinchey and Joe Staley, going to do against Chandler Jones? But I can tell you right now, Chandler Jones is licking his damn chops out there. That's just what it is. Um, okay, this I'm seeing a lot of this too. And I, I do want to talk about this. So um, from Go Hard, awesome name, am I wrong for putting a lot of this loss on Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, I know our receivers dropped a lot of passes, but his accuracy and touch on a lot of those throws didn't help either. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, he comes out, you know, PFF grades, whatever. It's just a launching point. They would agree with you. He's the second uh, lowest rated player offensively. He had a 44.1 grade. Now, if we look at Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers whenever he was passing, um, whenever he was not under pressure, he was wonderful. He goes 22 for 33, throws for 228 yards and a touchdown. Now, he had four drops <laughs> whenever he so he was basically 26 for 33 whenever he wasn't pressured. So he was doing great. Uh, his his NFL passer rating in that was 96.5. He did just fine. The problem was is whenever he was under pressure, that's when things went bad. He goes 2 for 13 and once the coaching film is released, I'm going to put together a compilation that shows every single throw that Jimmy Garoppolo had that was dropped. And you're going to see a lot of great quarterback play. Now, did Jimmy Garoppolo make some bad plays? Hell yes, he did. He had two more passes that should have been intercepted that were dropped by defenders. Uh, He got bailed out there. Now, the two fumbles, that's got to go on him as well. Because he struggled mightily just holding on to the damn ball. And if we, you know, if we if we look at just the way pro football focus attributes the pressures in the sacks, they put two of the sacks on Jimmy Garoppolo, not on Joe Staley. And yeah, Joe Staley got beat and all that stuff. They did not attribute that sack and fumble to Joe Staley because Here's what happened with Jimmy Garoppolo. He got past his first read and then got you know scared and then pressure got him. If you get the ball out early, you're negating that. And then if you don't get the ball out early, protect the damn ball. He's holding it out like he's still going to throw it, but he's acting like he's going to run and scramble to try to get more time. You cannot do that. Um, so if you want to put this loss on Jimmy Garoppolo, that's fine. But here's my perspective on it. Jimmy Garoppolo down 10 points in the fourth quarter against that defense kept putting us in positions to win the game. Now through dropped passes, through, man, awful spot by the the referees in overtime, should have been a damn first down, through penalties, through all those things, um, he still kept giving us a chance to win. First half, he was not great. Even though we jumped out to the 10-point lead, you look at the second half of the uh, first quarter into the second half, yeah, he struggled. Jimmy Garoppolo is not the same quarterback in the first half as he is the second half. But what happens to you psychologically when you keep throwing dimes and getting hit and standing in the pocket against pressure for these wide open receivers to just keep dropping the ball? It affects the way you are throwing. And you saw this with Garoppolo's face. Um, he's showing that, man, it, it's rough. So did Jimmy Garoppolo have a great game? No, he did not. Did he play well enough to win the game? Hell yeah, he did. And he kept giving them choices. What if we make the field goal in overtime? What if we make the field goal and the 49ers win? 
Nobody is out there questioning Jimmy Garoppolo. They're talking about how, wow, what an amazing comeback in the fourth quarter against a playoff team. Uh, this He showed up Russell, Wilson's by get, Russell Wilson by getting the victory in the fourth quarter in an overtime. Those are different narratives that would have taken place that were out of his control. That field goal's not on him. He marched down with a minute 40 left, I think it was a minute 44 off the top of my head, and got us into field goal range. 45 yards. He got in that amount of time in a two-minute drill to tie the game. Great. Then he goes downfield again, puts us in field goal position again. I don't know what else you want from a quarterback. Um, yeah, is he perfect? Hell no. Is there sometimes Jimmy Garoppolo throws the ball and you just scratch your head and you just think, golly, that is, I don't know what the hell he's seeing there. Yes, especially in the first half. He's thrown, I believe, eight interceptions now. Seven are in the first half. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's not good. That is not good. Um, it, it, he's got to chill the hell out. He's only thrown one interception in the second half of this season. So uh, that's something. Uh, let's just get Street off the practice squad. So Street is on IR. He is eligible return and start practicing. Uh, that is a possibility, but I don't know if he's healthy or not. So that that's another thing, and it's something that hasn't really been mentioned much either. We don't really have a lot of, uh, you know, it was something that was interesting. This is the very first game that Jason Verrett was out warming up and going through stretches and running on the field before the game. Uh, not sure if that's you know a possibility to reactivate. You can only bring back two guys. The chief candidate to be brought brought back from IR right now is Jalen Hurd. Trent Taylor is done for the year, so that's no longer an option. Uh, so that's going to leave us with one of these two guys will be act- activated: Contavious Street or Jason Verrett. Uh, that's really it. That's all we got uh, for guys that can come back. So um, th- this is a great comment uh, right here. The blueprint is out there now, and now they know that our receivers can't catch on a consistent basis. This is two weeks in a row, really three weeks in a row, because we saw the same thing with Washington. Load everybody up in the box. Now, Washington did it because it was the mud bowl. Load everybody else up in the box and do not let Kyle Shanahan run the ball. Force them to beat you through the pass, uh, through the air. That's what teams are going to do. That's the only way to stop them. So how do you stop that? You've got to convert drives. Uh, We saw that Jimmy Garoppolo was good enough to do that against Arizona, but because of the pressure and drop passes and all those things, it just didn't work out against um, Seattle. So, yeah, teams are definitely going to replicate that. We saw so many seven- and eight-man boxes despite having three wide receivers out there. And so the slants are going to continue to be open. Until receivers start catching it, it's what it is. It's what it is. Um, all right, uh, let's jump in real quick before we go through some more just kind of stats and stuff. Man, a lot of people are loving the betting that's taking place with my bookie. Uh, we, we missed this week, man. We, we missed two weeks in a row. So we are, what's that, seven and two. We've done really, really well. Here's my bet of the week. Uh, I'm going to talk about the 49ers spread first, but that's not my bet of the week. I have another one. The Arizona Cardinals traveling to San Francisco, obviously. Um, the 49ers are opening up as minus 11.5 points. The money in Vegas is saying the San Francisco 49ers are going to whoop up on the Cardinals. That's a huge spread. Um, is it the largest spread of the week? Yes, it is. It is the largest spread of the week. There is a 10-point Oakland Raiders against the winless Cincinnati Bengals at home. But this is the largest spread in the entire NFL uh, for this week. So 
everybody's expecting the 49ers to respond positively, and I agree with that, but that is a little too steep of a bet. Arizona Cardinals play very, very well in trash time and catching up points, so that bothers me a little bit there. Um, Now, the over-under is at 45.5 points, which... Man, uh, they're not expecting a lot of points. They're expecting another low-scoring performance. Probably a lot has to do with the 49ers' defense. Um, But take that for what you want. Now, here's my bet of the week. I'm really, really excited about this, okay? Um, I've already put money down on this because I'm scared the line's going to move. It has nothing to do with the 49ers. And we're going to keep adding stuff. So if you want to bet with us, head over to mybookie.ag. Use promo code 49ers. This is the betting site, guys. And here's the thing. If you use that promo code, you get 50% of your initial deposit for free. So you want to start with $100 to bet for fun through the course of the season. You put $100 in. They give you 50 bucks for free. Now you bet with 150 uh, which is nuts. And you can bet on all kinds of stuff. Uh, literally everything. MMA, boxing, soccer, motorsports. Uh, they got presidential election stuff. Esports, cricket, rugby, religion. You can bet on the next pope. <laughs> and they also have blackjack, poker tournaments, all kinds of stuff that you can do. They've got everything that you want over there. Now, here's my bet. Again, mybookie.ag, promo code 49ers. The New York Jets are traveling to Washington to play the Washington Redskins. The New York Jets are actually getting points. They are plus one. I love this bet. Uh, do I like the Jets? Hell no. But Washington, I think, is the one of the worst teams in the NFL. I think you have the Cincinnati Bengals, you have the Washington Redskins, and then you have the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I know the New York Jets lost to the Dolphins and Adam Gase is whatever. I get that. But here's the thing. Washington has not scored Past double digits in six straight games. They got 10 points once. <laughs> they can't score points. They just can't score. They just came out and announced Dwayne Haskins is going to start the rest of the season. They've got all the stuff going on with Trent Williams, and they're suing each other and holding back, signing bonus money and all this. It's bad, bad, bad. Washington is on the brink of all-out failure, and everybody is going to get fired everywhere. I love the fact Sam Darnold, I do believe, is a good quarterback. I love the Jets plus one this week. I'm very, very excited about this bet. I'm going to be putting down a sizable chunk on that, um, but you can bet what you will. Again, uh, the Jets plus one traveling to Washington. I love that bet. So um, now a couple scheduling keys that took place the NFL likes the 49ers and after that game you cannot expect them to not they flex two different games so the very first game that was flexed is coming up very very shortly the November 24th game versus the Packers okay that was supposed to be an afternoon game the 125 kickoff they moved it to Sunday night football on NBC so it's still played on the same day but if you bought tickets the November 24th game against the Packers is now a Sunday night football game okay This is week 12. Uh, That's going to be played at nighttime on NBC, which is a lot of fun. We love primetime games for the 49ers. We didn't get many the past few years. We'll take them all now. Also, the Rams game, which is, again, it's in San Francisco. This is week 16, possibly one of the games we can clinch the division there. Um, They moved this a full day up, so this will affect some of your scheduling. It was going to be on Sunday, December 22nd, uh, late kickoff, but instead they moved it to Saturday. So this is going to be on December 21st now, moved fully ahead to the Saturday game at 515 on NFL Network. So again, another primetime game. And here is the good news about this. That will give us an extra day 
for the game after, which is Week 17 at Seattle. So I will take that 100% and be excited about that because, um, yeah, it's going to we lose a day from the Falcons to the Rams, but we get a day from the Rams to the Seahawks, which is possibly going to ter- determine by weeks, NFC West championship, home field advantage, all of those things. And one, I just want to beat the hell out of the Seahawks. I, I, obviously, I want to win out and that game not matter when we rest our starters. But in the back of my mind, I want to go to Seattle and win. Uh, that is key. I want to compete. I want to see my team compete. Um, so take that for what you want. So that's two more primetime games for the 49ers, which is great news. Um, now, Let's get into just a couple things uh, before we jump out of here, and I want to give a chance for everybody to you know get their questions out there because there's just a lot of stuff going on right now with the 49ers. It's crazy. We went from not having really any type of injuries whatsoever on the defensive side to having a lot of people go out. And whenever you have that happen, it disrupts the continuity of the way you play defense. But how did they respond? It didn't matter who was in there. And again, if we want to take more positives away from this game, we struggled against a mobile quarterback with um, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, and they played closer than they should have. And we were worried because Russell Wilson has been the MVP-type quarterback. He was not at all that. He We contained him all game except for uh, the very last uh, possession and overtime whenever he finally uh, scrambled up the middle, he beat the blitz and was able to get that first down. Uh, the defense gave up six points that weren't off of turnovers. Okay, The defense had their backs against the wall the entire game because of the offense, and they responded very, very well most times. But whenever you can, they didn't score one touchdown against the 49ers that wasn't given to them. And so that is huge. Um, do you think Jimmy was sloppy in the fourth quarter? Yeah, uh, there were a couple passes that were really, really bad. But again, the fact that he closed out with a minute 40 left, he executed the two-minute drill perfectly, got them down the field into field goal range to force overtime. And he's not getting credit for that. And I, I think that he should. That he should get credit for, but you should also not give him a free pass uh, with the fumbles. I care way more about the fumbles than the missed passes or the missed accuracy. The fumbles are key to me because that resulted in 14 points. That's huge. Um, so, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm not giving anybody a free pass. Um, what about Pierre Garçon? Yeah, he's retired. He's, fi- he's filed his paperwork, and with his neck issue, I don't think it would be good for him to ever come back personally. Um, you know, I, I don't know what his speed is like. But again, if Kittle comes back, we're fine. We are just fine. If Kittle and Sanders comes back, we're great. Now, you're putting a lot of pressure on those two. I get it. But there is no problem. Debo Samuel's not a problem. And, you know, here let's let's allow that question to take us into just talking about the way in which the receiving grades work. Now, Debo Samuel is one of the highest graded players for the 49ers. He received a 75 and a half point grade and he caught eight of 11 targets, which is a great catch rate. That's 72%. He dropped a wide open one on a very important drive. That was key, but he still had 112 yards receiving. That's the thing. 
Um, he had literally half, <laughs> pretty close to half of the total receiving yards. So he is producing. Debo Samuel's not the problem. Yes, he has five drops on the season. Yes, he has four penalties. Yes, he has fumbles. Yes, he has those issues. But he contributed to five receiving first downs by himself. And he's averaging 14 yards per catch and had 71 yards after the catch. He's creating on his own in a positive way. Now, can you knock off those negative plays? Yeah, that's something that's got to happen. But Debo Samuel, the ticker, is pointing up. So if you're just going to do two wide receiver sets and then you want to split out, man, here's the thing I wouldn't mind doing personally. And tell me I'm crazy. Uh, You know, the 49ers haven't done this, but it's a possibility. You send Debo and Emmanuel Sanders out there. You split out George Kittle. You put Roz Dwelly at tight end, who's been doing wonderful. And then you allow Kyle Juszczyk to be your fullback. And then, of course, you have your halfback back there as well. I have no problem with that. Um, I, I, obviously, everybody would prefer George Kittle as a wide receiver over all these other ones. Um, so there's some options that can happen. And again, you just need one of these players to step up. Kendrick Bourne, Dante Pettis, Marquise Goodwin, who if Jalen Hurd was healthy today, Marquise Goodwin would be cut. And again, do you allow Richie James to start getting some snaps? At wide receiver. I'm not a Richie James guy. Never have been a Richie James guy. I want to see him out there now. I wish we would have put him out there last night. um, Just to see how he could have responded. Because I don't want to play with players that are scared or head cases. That's just not what I want. Um, So, and again, you're going into this offseason now with wide receiver a huge question mark. You know, we do not have Emmanuel Sanders signed past this year. This is it. And he's 32. So do you want to bring back a 33-year-old wide receiver? Personally, I think that you do want to do that. But now, how do you draft a wide receiver? I don't think you can. You've got a first and a bunch of fifths. So you're either getting, you're spending your most valuable choice, which I wouldn't mind if you want to spend a number one pick on a wide receiver that's going to come in. Wide receivers typically do not go early. There's going to be some top guys like Jerry Judy. But this is a very, very deep wide receiver class. So if you wanted to spend that first overall pick on a wide receiver, you're going to get a stud there. Uh, We have not hit on wide receivers we have drafted but uh, that is an option. Or you could trade back, uh, parlay your picks, right, for a second and a third, see what you can do. But, um, yeah, we'll just have to see what happens there. Again, so much, and we keep forgetting, there is a guy. <laughs> I really hope Jalen Hurd comes back because I think he can help. I really do help. Yeah, Richie James, I hope he gets more action. He's seen none, um, and he hasn't done great in the punt return uh, thing. Why not switch him and Dante Pettis? Put Pettis back there. Allow him to have something. Maybe they're scared because he can't catch regular passes. You don't want to. Me- you don't want him messing with punts, which are even more dangerous. I get that, um, but it's what it is. Um, let's see here. Do we meet? Do we, uh, here's a great question from Mark. Um, how do we beat the seven to eight men in the box with no reliable wide receivers? That's tough order. And you target the tight ends, which we saw in overtime where he had four straight passes to our backup tight end, Roz Dwelly. Um, that's rough. But, yeah, you've got to trust your receivers even if they keep dropping it. You've got to. You've got to keep throwing the ball because if you could take away the run game by scheme. And another thing, too, we didn't throw the ball deep. And we had three passing attempts deep, and one of them was the last play of the game. Even if you don't catch that, if you have Debo on the outside and you're chunking it deep, you're giving those guys, they're going to start backing up slowly, even if it's not completed. So we do need to take more shots deep. Just quick snap throw. Stop that long play action, develop, whatever. No. Snap, throw the fade route. 
Test those corners. Push them back. Uh, that is something I would really like to be instituted more. You know, before this game, Jimmy Garoppolo was leading the NFL with deep passing accuracy. Now, he doesn't do it often, but a deep ball's 20 yards in the air. He had a 75% passer rating or completion percentage whenever going deep. So that's something that, you know, you want to see keep happening and you want to see keep going. Um but yeah, so that's kind of where we're at, and that's going to kind of do it for us today. We're going to be back. I'm hoping that the coaching tape comes out so that I can start breaking that down. And if you haven't joined my Patreon, please head over to NinersRush.com. There's a Patreon uh, symbol on the right, or you can just go to the Patreon app on your phone. Type in 49ers Rush Podcast. Eight bucks a week. Uh, sorry, eight bucks a month. It's a dollar a video. I do two breakdowns each game, one offense, one defense, but I can't put it up here on YouTube because it gets taken down. So I uh, found a way to get that out to the people that want it. Uh, we're, we're, we've got a lot of people over there. It's it's turning into a pretty fun way to talk and chat back and forth. So if you are one of those supporters, I just want to say thank you. And if you want to join us over there, again, that's Patreon. And again, join us betting. MyBookie.ag. Use promo code 49ers. Get some free money um, and have some fun. That's kind of what it all comes down to. But uh, I will be back very, very soon with the defense. We're going to just focus completely on the defense side which is good news we got the bad news out of the way with the offense now let's get to the good news but until then just want to say thank you guys for all the support it's been a lot of fun so far and we want to keep it going so hopefully we can keep bringing you guys content that you enjoy and if there's something you want in this podcast that we're not doing please uh, do not hesitate to reach out to me probably twitter's the best way at jl underscore chapman and we will uh we'll try to figure out get you what you want so this is y'all's podcast so um take that for what you will Uh, until next time appreciate everything and stay strong faithful you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.